Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. 3CR and Uprise Radio would like to acknowledge the Kulin Nation, true owners, caretakers and custodians on the land in which we are broadcasting. We pay our respect to elders past, present and emerging and recognise any Aboriginal people that are listening and all those who are fighting for land and justice alongside Aboriginal people. Good afternoon, you're listening to Uprise Radio on 3CR. My name is Jackson, I'm in the studio as usual with James. Good afternoon, James. Good afternoon, Jackson. Uh, Good to see you again. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Yeah, it's nice to be back in the studio. We had a little break recently and we've got some exciting news today Mm. in that we're joined by a currently guest new presenter, guest programmer, guest producer... Um, our friend, Mercedes. Welcome, Mercedes. Hi, thanks, Jackson. Hi, James. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks for jumping on board. Um, yeah, well, um, we, the three of us, actually, um, not the first time we've all been together this week. Um, well, technically last week, actually, but um, the show, on the show today, we got together on the streets of Faulkner, mm-hmm. and we chatted to some folks about the Save Faulkner Pool campaign. Yeah, and Mercedes did some awesome uh, research into this topic, you know, which has been really just so cool to have new people involved in the show and, you know, thinking about, you know, why these stories matter, these local stories, and mm. which were, you know, covered a bit here on Uprise Radio, but it's really great. And, yeah, maybe you can tell us a bit about this campaign and why it's, um, yeah, worth getting behind and, and getting your head around. Yeah, it was good of James to, to mention this campaign, actually, to cover this week, um, and it was good to go there and speak to the, some people in Faulkner. Um, so basically the Save Faulkner Outdoor Pool campaign only started pretty recently, about a month ago, so just before the lockdown, um, because there's a proposed upgrade to the Faulkner Leisure Centre, which is part of the Moreland City Council Aquatic Leisure Strategy, which was released in 2018. And so pretty recently the first round of community consultations took place, um, and afterwards it became pretty apparent to quite a few people in the community, that the 50-metre outdoor pool that is sort of quite a community and, and central hub for people, particularly in summer, um, is possibly set to be removed. And there's no guarantee uh, through those consultations whether it will be downgraded to a 25-metre pool or removed entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the second round of consultations are just about to begin, as we learnt from Jenny on the weekend. Um, and so the community have mobilised got some petitions going to try and make sure that that pool remains, is maintained for use in the future. Yeah. Yeah, so we went out and asked people in Faulkner, you know, what they knew about um, this plan from, mm. from the council. It is the Moreland Council. Um, you know, sometimes um, 
jokingly and warmly referred to as the People's Republic of, of Moreland. But, you know, <laughs> even within People's Republics, there can be um, some forgotten corners. And I think, you know, what, what was interesting about you know, this campaign, like many council plans that maybe won't be that popular, is that you, you, you tap people on the shoulder and say, what do you think about this? And they say, well, I don't actually, I don't actually know this was happening. But we'll hear a bit... Uh, from uh, the people we spoke to on the street. Um, we'll play that now, and then we're going to hear, yeah, like a, a long chat with Jenny and Demir, two of the organisers. Um, so, yeah, you're listening to Uprise Radio on 3CR. Uh, stay tuned. I'm from uh, 3CR Community Radio, and we're just asking residents of Faulkner about the development of the leisure centre around the corner. Have you heard anything about that? No, no, we haven't. Haven't heard anything at all from the council? No. Are you surprised that you haven't heard about it? Well, if they do something, we're local, we should know about it. Do you like the pool? Yeah, absolutely. It's something I grew up with, with the diving boards and the slide and everything that were there. So, you know, I grew up with that. So, yeah, no, that's sad to hear. It's actually, it's pretty interesting. They're going to spend like $20 million, but they're going to make the pool, it seems like at the moment, they're going to make the pool half the size that it, is currently. Do you think that's a good idea? No, that sounds silly to, to make it smaller when you're going to have, you know, you're spending all this money to make less. Well, I believe the pool's probably about 50 or 60 years old. Probably needs a lot of maintenance, so replacing would probably be a good idea and it'll probably attract more people if it's up to date. That's better. Do you think 25 metres is big enough? No, no way. Because um, hot summers, and if it was a big pool, it would take more people. And the, the community that doesn't say something, well, they just go ahead and do what they want. So we have to speak out, I suppose. Do you think it makes a difference whether the pool is 50 metres or 25? Summertime, it's pretty full the way it is now. If they're going to be a smaller one, who are they, all the people going to go? Yeah, but they're making it bigger. Yeah, yeah. No, smaller. They're making it smaller. Oh, bigger. smaller? Yeah. <laughs> Half of the size of what we've got now. Oh. What are the summers like out here in Faulkner? Very hot. Very hot. That's why the, the swimming pool is very, very convenient for all the children and adults that go there in the summertime. And if you come in the summertime, you've got the swimming pool is packed, it's full as it is. If it's going to be smaller, it'll be like uh, worse than St Kilda Beach. Oh, that's terrible. I mean, people need to swim. Might have to do a few more laps before they get to 50 metres. It, it's a little bit of crisis. There's not a lot in Faulkner to start with. So, like, as a, as a teenager growing up here, there wasn't a lot in Faulkner. If you wanted to do something, you had to go, leave Faulkner. There was very little here already. To take something like that away is going to sort of take even more away from Faulkner. It's such a small suburb already with very little for teenagers and kids to do. I personally don't use it much, but there's a lot of people that do use it. And they, that's, if, they're, if they're going to cross this one, where's they going to be the next one? But the local, where are they going to go? Yeah, it is growing there. Where there used to be one house, now they've got three and four units. They knocked down two houses and it's, they built six units. That's 12 units, it's 12 extra family. So it's getting bigger, so that's what I'm saying. If they're making a smaller swimming pool, where are all these people going to go in the summertime? They should be bigger, not smaller. Why would you do that? Yeah. Wouldn't you want 
you make it either bigger or better, not smaller and mediocre. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and we're here on Bonwick Street in Faulkner, and we're here with Demir and Jenny, who are two of the campaigners for the Save Faulkner Pool campaign, and we've been chatting to a few local residents about what's happening in the area, Um, but maybe if you both could just give us a little bit about, you know, why you've both become involved in this campaign and, and what it means to have a pool in the Faulkner area. Thanks, James. Um, I suppose uh, the impetus for this campaign has been that Council had announced earlier this year that we would get a refurbishment of the Faulkner Leisure Centre. And we were really excited about that, and the community were really excited because it is an older facility and a very valued facility. And uh, it was built as an upgrade, so we were all really excited to find out what that meant. And some residents attended some focus groups earlier this year that the Council um, implemented. And I suppose some concerns were raised when residents became aware that there was an idea that we could repurpose, particularly the outdoor pool. And it really became evident to us that an upgrade might actually mean a downgrade and that we might be at risk of losing the facilities we have that are existing and that it would actually be changed into something that the community wouldn't want. Mm. And I guess, you know, this council's had a little bit of history recently with, um, you know, changing some of the, or pretending to change it some parks to soccer grounds and, you know, without sort of consultation. I mean, it seems like a positive step that there has been at least some um, focus groups set up to hear what the community has to say. But from speaking to people today, it seems a lot of people are still unaware of what's happening, uh, except for those kind of select few that are part of those groups. Jameer, what's your experience been of chatting to people? Well, look, I agree, you know, um, consultation is always a good thing, but I think what really fired me up in this context is the fact that it's even worse when you pretend that you're consulting, but you actually aren't. It's kind of even better if you just don't consult and everybody knows where you're standing. And I think that that's what's really sort of mobilized the people of Faulkner because, you know, it has its own history. It is sort of on the periphery of a particular council, in this case, Smallland. It, it is the most disadvantaged area, etc. So well, what people got really upset about was the fact that there was a pretense of a consultation where actually, you know, the agenda was set you know, from the beginning to actually remove a pool or remove the main asset. And that's what Jenny was alluding to around some of the feedback that came from people that were in the consultation themselves who were kind of, even they themselves were shocked that that might have been the agenda. But when we started unpacking the way that the consultancy group has has been engaged and the way they run it, and, you know, anyone who knows anything about consulting will know that you get a client in and they give you the bullseye and then you try to, you know, make sure that you hit it. Uh, It became very apparent that that's what happened here because... You know, there were very cynical exercises like giving everybody a coin, you know, giving 10 coins to people that represent $10 and then trying to carve up what a particular coin can buy you and then skewing things towards things like, you know, one coin can buy you a cafe, half a coin can buy you a basketball court and by the way, fixing the pool is eight coins. So you can see, you know, why really people got upset here because in a way it's better not to have a consultation if you're really not open to engage with the community. And that's, I think, what, what really has brought, brought us all together. 
Yeah, I was surprised to see that the tender for the redevelopment occurred three months before the consultation began, and that is always a bit of a red flag to me when you're already asking people to pitch to you when you haven't asked the community what they want. And I was also shocked in the outcome of the consultation that of the 28 groups, only four said they wanted a 50-metre pool, which is what we have now, and yet 20 said they want a pool half the size. When if you, you, know, you talk to people here on the street, Faulkner's growing, you know, like a lot of Melbourne, it's getting hotter and hotter every summer. I mean, I mean, you've, you've just described these things, but they, they are red flags. And I wonder what the next steps are because, you know, council, when they do these consultations, they love to then say, we've spoken to the community, we've engaged, and now we're going to move forward with a mandate. Uh, how, how are you guys going to make sure that, you know, Faulkner maintains this, this community asset? Um, I suppose the council, uh, that was stage one of a stage two consultation. So we're very active in um, consulting the community and participating in that consultation. But we certainly have been active in presenting to council. We've been to the two most recent council meetings. And I suppose in to compare it to the consultation groups, um, we now have, well probably more than 1,600 signatures that we've collected from the community and the first 1,400 of those were collected in six weeks and two of those weeks were hard locked down. So I think that, um, you know... Whether the council have a mandate but the community are speaking in other ways, is it's really important to acknowledge that there is um, a difference of opinion between that and that's what we're feeding back to the council in consultation. And we really want to work with the council. We think it's a really valuable asset. Um, we think that there's an equity issue with Faulkner. We've been dele- um, allocated as a district-level facility pool the same as Oak Park and Brunswick, but we haven't been given the same resources to actually redevelop in the same way. We think that's an issue and, as you said, those decisions were made quite some time ago. So um, the, the Aquatic and Letter Strategy was actually released in 2018, where it was actually, you know, written down that the Faulkner Outdoor Pool would be repurposed or that was a consideration. So um, we feel that um, Faulkner has been disadvantaged and that um, particularly because we have such a high um, number of um, young people who live in the community, um, but it's an important resource for everyone of all ages, older people, younger people. We do need young families to be using it, but we don't think that a splash park is going to meet the needs of the entire Faulkner community. And I'd be happy to just to add to that in terms of the stages of the campaign that a critical thing that's actually happening is um, for the council representatives, as in the elected members, so the councillors, I think that people are getting a bit of a sense now of what Faulkner is and you know about its demographic. Like Jenny said, it is a very disadvantaged community, but it's also a community that you know um, it's also populated with people with a, dis- with a background that has been very disadvantaged. But now you know they're flourishing their lives. They also bring some social capital, and they fight for a cause from a different perspective to what they're probably used to normally. Uh, yeah, I've considered myself to be in that camp. You know, for me taking my kids to another pool would not be a problem you know my kids could choose a pool they want to go to and I probably could you know take them and and so I have that privilege if you want to you know to say that way to do it but most of my neighborhood doesn't and I'm not in a way putting this up because I selfishly want to protect the interests of my own particular family it's actually the families that are around me and I think that the councillors are slowly getting that message and I do think that they've been shaken a little bit and a final reflection from my perspective, I've never been involved in local politics. I've certainly been involved sort of national and state level, you know. Um, I've been in the loop of what's happening and, you know, I had pretty clear opinions of, you know, where I stand. But what's become very apparent here is that 
I feel actually quite sorry for those people that are representing us because it's clearly an agenda run by the council administrators and by the bureaucrats and they put these people over and over into this uncomfortable position of trying to represent the community on matters that are just black and white. There is no gray area in a pool. It is, um, you know, so that's just been something I've been observing. I think that the council, councillors, our representatives are slowly sort of getting that message and we've been really trying to reinforce that, that, you know, um, it's a simple story here. It's a pool. Um, it's not the Adani coal mine, you know. So when they start talking about gas heating versus solar heating, etc., of course we want this to be sustainable and it's a great example of how we can show leadership and get together and show how we can keep a very important asset open in the right way so you know we're not trying to close a mine here you know we're trying to stop the closing of an outdoor pool and i think the councillors are slowly waking up to that reality that someone's name has to stand against these decisions and the group that we've put together will fight all the way to preserve it and we are very confident that we will preserve this 50 uh, 50 meter outdoor pool but in the unlikely scenario of that, for whatever reason not happening, we will also push this campaign all the way to the next election to make sure that we know who the representatives were that stood for the closure of the pool and uh, who those were who actually saw it as a great opportunity to think about how we can solve a problem in an ethical and a sustainable way. And we know it's doable because there are ample examples in the council of solving problems elsewhere um, in, in that matter. Yeah. Um, one of the things we were chatting before is, um, you know, I used to live in Faulkner as well, and we're talking about, you know, what the pool actually looks like over summer, and, you know, inside from, you know, all the different kind of groups of people that get together outside, uh, sorry, inside, um, and you know, outside is is really like a typical summer's day that you can imagine, you know, from any kind of period of history throughout Australia, and you know, captured even, it's a in the heights, you know, new. Um, film it kind of captures that love of of summer and going to the pool and things as well that you know it's it's something that i think a story i think lots of people can relate to but i think jenny you were talking about like what it's like to kind of bring all those cultural kind of groups together and and you know people from different um you know class backgrounds as well maybe could you just expand on you know what kind of that's looked like in trying to bring you know those kind of people together under the banner of this campaign yeah, and I think it's a really important point that um, our community is really proudly diverse and it has a strong um, history of lots of different backgrounds and I think that's why it's such an important community asset. It's, it, there's no, not really any other activity hubs, for lack of a better word, in Faulkner. It really is a focal point for the community and, you know, whether you're using the outdoor pool, the gym, going to the... Um, the occasional care centre or using the community health facilities. You know, the library's right next door, the senior citizen's next door, the neighbourhood house is next door. It's actually a really important... The skate park is there. So we have that access to um, the different kinds of usage and it's a really important part of that. And as you say, in summer, and I think it is notable that the consultations are all being done in winter, which I think is, um, you know, we're having a summer in July campaign for that particular reason in the sense of saying that you can't use winter as an opportunity for people to forget what it's like in summer when it's 45 degrees and you've got nowhere to go and you live in Faulkner and you're not close to a beach. Um, So I think um, in that sense, the outdoor pool is a really valuable resource and it's it's well used. It's just um, there was a 
campaign actually or a petition in 2012 to the council around um, irregular and shorter opening hours and we do know that Faulkner Outdoor Pool suffers from um, shorter opening hours than across the other pools in the region. Um, so the usage is actually really good but it could be even better if they actually listened to the community and opened it when it was you know, earlier and you know, so that the toddlers don't get sunburnt and earlier in the morning so that people before work could go swimming or you know, later in the afternoon so that people can come after work on a really hot day. And I think really as climate change and particularly the COVID pandemic taught us last year, it's a really safe way to socialise um, and do your recreation in a, in a really productive community way. And I think Faulkner really values that. And I think that's what your conversations with the community this morning will have found, that people are quite surprised. And it's not that they took it for granted. It has been here for almost 60 years. Um, but I think everyone assumed that an upgrade meant just that, that it would upgrade existing facilities and not downgrade them. Yeah, the uh, the words upgrade and repurpose. It's a, you know you could be forgiven for being hopeful when you first read the uh, the plan, and it's surprising they are planning to downsize. There's not a lot of community members we've spoken to who understand how a 25 metre pool can replace a 50 metre pool in a growing area. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, great to hear about the campaign. And I think it's a really good point you made about letting the community know the councillors that are standing in the way of this. Uh, you know, if, if it is. Uh, to fail and I, I agree with you that I think the community is, is clearly against you know such a nonsensical decision uh, but it is you know we had a similar campaign in Footscray where I live around uh, access to green space and there was a, a plan from council to give over public land to a private company uh, without a lot of consultation and that was really beaten back well and I think it's a, it's a similar campaign but I wanted to know you know what is your perspective when you talk about bureaucrats in, in the back end of the council you know, where is the pressure coming from, from uh, for them, uh, or, or why are they under pressure to deliver a fairly nonsensical uh, development? Well, look, the the way they are interpreted, and I'm sure there'll be various interpretations of of this matter. But you know, there's a real sense of wanting to show that our community assets are profitable from 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 their perspective. Which you know I might disagree with. Actually, most of us ratepayers must might disagree with because that's why we pay our rates in order to get a service. So we're not paying our rates to create profitable businesses, right? But um, so I'm sort of against that agenda in the first place, and I think it's not the right way to think about how we are, um, I guess, showing return on the investment in terms of the money that we pay as ratepayers. But even within that logic, let's say we agree that things have to be profitable, they, they, they seem to run a very narrow, they have a very narrow understanding of what the value of something is and what profit actually is. And I think that this pool sort of campaign or the, the, the agenda of um, why they actually want to close pools, not just in Faulkner, but generally across Moreland, not just across Moreland, across Melbourne, and for the matter, across the entire nation. And to be honest, it's also a global issue because we could talk about other European nations that are experiencing similar, thing, similar things. Is this pressure of wanting to show that an asset is making money back. And um, like I said, I disagree that in the first place. I think the data is skewed in any case because... You know, we don't have access to a pool, as Jenny has said, at times when the data would show that we are actually using it because it's not open. But but further to the point, um, very, very narrow, because what are the costs associated with closing a pool like this? And just going back to what Jenny talked about, the young people from diverse backgrounds that are accessing the only way, the only thing they have to access at a particular time of the year. So who is doing the economics and the calculations around the loss that's associated with closing an asset like that. So you might not make a very quick buck up front in order to you know, show that you're being profitable under quotation marks, but you're losing so much more. Where do you send a group of 50 teenagers under 18 who are bored on a 
degree day, what will they do? Where will they go to try to swim? What other things will they have on their minds to do? So, so, so that's kind of um, you know a big critique. And, and I'll give one last example on that, and that is this idea of doing things like bringing a cafe in. So there's a whole other agenda around privatizing our assets and outsourcing responsibility to the private sector to maintain it. And we all know what that feels like. We all take the train, we all take the tram, we all use similar modes of transport or services that have been privatized in a similar manner, and we know what that results in, which is not a good service for us and the shifting of responsibilities. And in the end, us having to buy that out anyway in the end, because we have to then have increased trades to make up for the loss that now a private sector has made. We're standing here in the Bonvik Street, a beautiful street, full of cafes, of wonderful opportunity, culinary as well as social, less than 200 meters from the pool. We don't need a cafe. We need a good gym. We need a good facility to change ourselves. We need an outdoor pool. We need small pools for our kids to play that would be sort of my take on on that particular question. And I think you're describing non-fiscal returns on investment too like there are more things uh, to a community than just the amount of uh, hard dollars that are coming back in You know those outcomes you've described. And I'd add to what Demir was saying that I think there's a real shift in the 50 years since the pool was built where councils really took that civic responsibility really seriously and that was why they built the pools in the first place. There were um, a lot of the pools in Victoria were built as a result of people drowning in unsupervised waterways and things like that and there was real community campaigns to actually give people access to safe water spaces to swim in and it was seen as a really proud community thing to do and particularly after the 1956 Olympic Games that's when a lot of these pools were built and that's why they're 50 metre Olympic sized pools. We've had we've found a previous Olympic swimmer who used to swim at Faulkner who worked as a lifeguard you know we've got people telling us about their first kisses at Faulkner pool there were discos in the 60s and 70s it was way more fun back then I think um, you know we found um, a woman who was crowned what was she Miss Faulkner poolside by 3XY, 3XY in 1972 um, so so I think, you know, as Demir says, it, councils now see them as an economic burden and they see them as a liability and we don't see it that way and we think it's worth the investment and if they make the, the right investment now, this will last us for another 30 years and really imp- continue to serve the function but also improve it. You know, you can, it needs a refurbishment, it needs an upgrade, it needs more than a paint job and if they do that, that can just go from strength to strength and uh, the outdoor pool is a really important part of that. I think um, just before we kind of finish up, I guess it's worth highlighting, you know, one issue that I think um, we've kind of all touched around the edges of, which is about climate change. And I think that, you know, there's a book that came out, Climate Change is Killing Us, last year, I think it was. Um, And, you know, that highlights the reality for a lot of particularly, you know, poorer communities, um, elderly people, people who don't have access to you know a good air conditioning service or their own you know water pools and things like that um so you know obviously the 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 outdoor area at Faulkner does need needs more shade you know it needs um it needs access that people can be able to go there for you know a reasonably cheap amount to be able to access a place to cool off and that's going to be more and more important and I think that that's probably an issue that the council is going to have to um address you know i guess as well as there's a couple of other issues about the heating and things like that that um you know do kind of touch on some of those issues as well um yeah but i don't know if either of you have any um anyone has any thoughts before we we wrap up but you know i really appreciate coming and um standing you know kind of in the sun but it's still a bit chilly out here um so thank you so much for for coming along and um i should mention the 
um, event on July the 3rd as well that I'm sure listeners would love to get along to. And can I also um, emphasise that that is a COVID safe event and we've registered that with the department and um, we will have COVID safe measures in place but I encourage everyone to come and it's going to be a really fun event with family activities, um, good speakers and summer in July to remind everyone how important um, an outdoor pool is and you know maybe we can get it year round, you know, dream big. <laughs> so that's uh, Saturday July 3rd? 10am at the Faulkner Leisure Centre, come on down. Jenny, Demir, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much. And just a quick note to anybody who's planning to attend or anybody who's listening and, you know, has had no contacts, just to a final comment on those of you who are very concerned around climate change and which I absolutely agree and James mentioned it, is a critical aspect of this. It's really important for us not to conflate things. So it's a pool and the pool is a critical part of us staying alive in a climate that's changing particularly the hot summers and of course how we heat a pool is also very critical and we as a group would welcome all forms of uh, sustainable ways of heating of pools and we think it's actually the responsibility of the people who get paid to do that to find a solution to show and lead the way of how you actually challenge or how you solve the problems of climate change not by closing really important assets that are critical in our survival but actually showing us how you can keep those assets and power them in a way that are sustainable and to put the investments that are required into it. And surely the council is going to meet their own commitments to be uh, a zero emissions council uh, by doing so. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, You're listening to Uprise Radio. We're here in Faulkner. Stay tuned. Uh, That was uh, great to get out on the streets and to hear from the campaigners. And that action is coming up this Saturday. Um, Swim in July? Summer in July. Summer in July. Um, But yeah, I think um, just before we have to wrap up um, in a moment, but there is another event happening on Saturday at Palestine Rally is the, um, you know, many of our listeners would have been getting along to those events and the conflict is back on, is happening again and um, Israel broke the ceasefire, I guess, a, a couple of weeks ago. And Mercedes, have you got the details of that? Action? Yeah, so it's this Saturday the 3rd, uh, 1pm at State Library. So back to the streets of Palestine. So come on down if you can make it. Yeah, it'd be great to see heaps of listeners there. Thank you for tuning in once again to Uprise Radio. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.